Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I tell you what, man, I read somewhere or heard that I'm going to be the next coach of the University of South Florida Brahma Bulls. Back in my day, they were the Brahma Bulls. They dropped the Brahman. What happened to that, man? They bring that back. You know what I mean? Have you heard this, Steve? Have you heard? This is almost like fait accompli now. Like, it's not even a maybe. It's kind of like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I, I heard it on the radio, so it must be true, right? There are people going around saying, oh, it's his job. John Gruden's got the USF job if he wants it, which is awesome if it's true, especially for those of us who do John Gruden. But um, I, I don't know if it's true in particular. Obviously, they they fired Jeff Scott just the other day, and so they're looking for a head coach. We're going to talk about the, the many candidates that are, will be popping up on the radar. I suppose John Gruden... There has to be a little momentum that this is something that, A, he would entertain, and B, USF might as well. What do you think? So he's going to coach in the stadium that removed him from the Ring of Honor. <laughs> well, yeah, technically. <laughs> but he could do that wherever he coached. I mean, there's a chance somebody's going to be playing a Raymond James. No, I'm saying as a home stadium. I mean, that's going to be where he plays six to eight games a year. Yeah. I mean, he'll look up there and see where his name used to be, yeah. That's what I mean, different, but, you know, can't control that. Are you never going to walk in the stadium again? I suppose unless you were no. coaching, you might not. I mean, not as necessarily a guest of the Bucks. Look, he's kind Listen, of an, an intriguing name. I think, it's, I think it's a damn intriguing name. And I'll be honest with you. I, tech, I sent a text to John Gruden, um, and I got my own thoughts about him. We can get into that if you want to, but, I mean, and he didn't say whether he was interested, not interested. Uh, you know, clearly he had that opportunity if he wanted to. But there's enough people talking about it that I think at least among some USF alumni, it, it must be out there. And or um, John and his and his agent or his people are, are are letting people know that he's interested. And look, he wants to coach ball again, you know, and he's got a pending case against the NFL and against the Raiders. Um, you know, he's, he's come out and he's been apologetic, you know, for some of the things that were said in the emails, which his were the only ones singled out out of what, six, some 600 something text messages or emails or whatever they were, uh, in, in, in a, uh, a previous situation and got him fired from the Raiders as head coach. Um, but there just seems to be a lot of people and maybe it's just because, you know, he lives here. He's local. Um, he, you know, he wants to coach ball. Maybe there people are putting it all together, but but there must be something to it. I mean, I you know, I'm a reporter. I like to kind of deal in facts, and I don't have the. I, I couldn't tell you, in fact, if he is or he isn't. But could you could USF could they could do a lot worse? I mean, I just and again, I always say this: have the press conference. I could have it, and I I could convince you. Uh, probably that 
it's it's not a bad thing for them to do um, for any number of reasons. But what do you think? I mean, I think there's a chunk of the fan base that would love that hire. Mm-hmm. I think as you're trying to build a on-campus stadium, the fundraising, yeah, fundraising would be tremendous. Game. Yeah. But I don't. I question whether he can be successful. Well, I question it, whether anybody can well, be successful. That's USL. a different conversation. But it, really, it kind of is. We know that John loves to coach ball. He does. He's all about ball. Mm-hmm. He uh, he would coach it from sun up to sundown, and then keep coaching it after that. Well, he's a grinder. Gruden's grinder. But is he willing to recruit? And, and and to to recruit at a high enough level to get those guys to hear, yeah, and, and that's that's the biggest difference between college and the pros. And the other part is we know he's not a fan of rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. What's he going to do with a college freshman? Well, he's going to have about twelve of them. Yeah, so well, <laughs> you get to choose. No, it is a fund. No, it's a it's a good point. It's a fundamental difference between college ball and pro ball. And he's never coached in college. He's given he's been given the opportunities to. I think he could have gone to Tennessee a number of years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. Um, and he turned that down. And I always believed that with John, it was always about ball. You know, like that that, that maybe the recruiting thing didn't excite him all that much. And you are dealing with kids, and you know, you, you know. The difference in college and pro is you pick the players and the pros. They don't have a say. In college, they pick you. <laughs> That's a fundamental difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I always thought. But if you're asking me how impressive he could be in the living room, you know, could could he convince people to come play for him? Absolutely. He's dynamic personality-wise, mm-hmm. believe mm-hmm. it or not. I mean, he really is. I, and, I just question whether he'll have the heart to do that day in and day out. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not coaching ball. But if you're going to do it, you'd have to. You'd have to accept that that was part of it. And I think the NFT is a problem. You know, there's a lot of things right now that make college ball tough. But but, but who are we kidding? I mean, was Jeff Scott could have been the greatest recruit in the world. It didn't translate on the field. You know, he had three seasons, and, and they didn't beat anybody that wasn't an FBS school, you know, practically. So... Um. Yeah, I guess. I guess my question is, who are we judging him against? You know, here's the thing I think about the USF job. I think, like, like whether you're talking about the NFL or college football, you get what you don't have, what you didn't have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prior to this, it was Charlie Strong dropping down from a Power Five school at Texas. I know what it looks like. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down here. I'm going to win enough games so I get my another job back in the Power Five somewhere. So it was kind of like, you know, big-name coach kind of moving down the ranks, right, versus – and then when that didn't go very well and he didn't recruit and whatnot, then all of a sudden it was like, well, you know what we need? We need to get a young guy that – maybe he's not been a head coach, but he's hungry. He's hungry, mm-hmm. and he's a bright young coach, and he's going to work hard. And he's going to say and do all the right things, and, and we're going to identify the next great young coaching college talent. And we're going to be patient, and we're going to let this guy build something for a change. Well, how'd that work out for you? Now, you can get either of those guys, and they can be successful if you get the right ones. Mm-hmm. That's been the problem. You know, They come in all shapes and sizes and ages and all of that, right? 
But USF just hasn't done a good job of late identifying that or or that person then recruiting the most important position, which is quarterback. Um, but they've had quarterbacks transferred in here from you know, Baylor after winning the Big 12 and stuff like that. So you can't say there hasn't been anybody that interested in playing at USF because there has been. Um, but, but all that said, right now at this moment in USF's history, when you're trying to raise money for a stadium, um, which I'm sure Scott was successful to some degree with that, when you're trying to do all that, though, I just think USF needs something that, in a good way, um, will will give them some attention, but also, you know, someone that sort of knows what it looks like. That that, and and you you raise a good point about college and John because he hasn't done it. But I don't think that means he couldn't do it. I, I do I think agree. that I agree. I do think he could be dynamic in living rooms, and mm-hmm. I've been around him. He's very charismatic. Everybody knows him, right? All those years on Monday Night Football, the Bucks before that, winning a Super Bowl, uh, even going back, you know, before that with the Raiders and his second stint with the Raiders, of course, it didn't end well. Um, but he's an instant. I mean, you know what Tom Brady did when he came mm-hmm. to the Bucks? He made them relevant right away, right? Mm-hmm. You telling me John Gruden wouldn't make USF suddenly relevant? Look, you're going to get in a lot more living rooms than the school's yep. ever been before if he's a coach. Yep. Much like Deion Sanders at Jackson State. Yep. Great point. Mm-hmm. He can open doors that that university's never been able to recruiting-wise. Yep. And and, and Deion's gone in head first and, and done a tremendous job, and he's all in with it. Mm-hmm. Every part of it. And it's, it's fun to watch that. And if John wants to do that and is willing to and build that recruiting base, particularly locally, which Jeff Scott's done a good job. Charlie Strong had no desire to. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He didn't have any yeah. relationships with high school coaches at all. Yeah, he didn't want to. He was waiting to get the next Power 5 gig. That's right. He didn't want to waste his time doing that. Right. And that's one of the issues you have sometimes hiring those bigger coaches. Absolutely. That have had bigger jobs and come to a you know, non-Power 5 school. Yeah, I'm not saying every coach stone. is that way, but I've seen several. Charlie Strong being one. Mm-hmm. Tommy Tuberville at Cincinnati was another one. No desire yep. to recruit locally, build yep. relationships, zero. Was just waiting for the next bigger gig. Wasn't working to get the next bigger gig, just waiting for it. Right. You know, and that's always a risk there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, John in a living room, if he's all in for it, yeah, he would be, like I said, he's going to open doors, and you're going to talk to more recruits than this school's ever had before. Yeah, I think you're going to talk. I think some boosters are going to be really into mm-hmm. it too a little bit. I think I think you're going to you'll be able to raise raise a little bit of money, but it Absolutely. is a different job. Uh, and I I didn't get an, I I exchanged some texts with him the other day. I didn't get an answer. We were talking about some other stuff, um, but I didn't get an answer. Uh, nor did I directly ask. You know, um, but USF was one of the reasons why I reached out to him. Look, you, he needs ball. Right, like he needs ball the way I need the way we need oxygen. I mean, the guy, the guy is grinding right now, um, doing all kinds of work, you know, on staying up on the game. And and uh, I know someone he hired to do analytics work for him. Like, think about that. He's hired somebody mm-hmm. to do analytics for him to look at. You know, there's, there's a big part of football these days. So, you know, if, if this were the way they went, um, I always say this happened at the press conference, but 
I think he could have that press conference. And, and I think he could tell you that he's done the work and that, you know, he's remorseful. And I, hopefully it wouldn't come off like it did at the Arkansas Quarterback Club necessarily. But um, John would win the press conference, even with the obstacles against him. Man, it would be a tough one, but he'd win it. Um, and then after that, you have that one time, and then it's it's about ball after that. It's about recruiting. It's about rebuilding the brand and, and uh, getting people coming back to that stadium and, and all of that and winning. You know, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter really, you know, who you hire. And I, I think there's a lot of good candidates, and there's guys that, you know, coming from mid-majors like, you know, whether it's Toledo or, you know, that, that will probably be interested in that job. Um, you just kind of like to know know their names and kind of know something about them. And, and I think at this point in time, USF needs to become relevant again. And winning is a great way to do it. But even before that, they need to they need to be a little more, you know, a little more of a known quantity. And John in college would be a little unknown, but he's known overall. Um, and so, like, if you hired another coordinator from name the the power five school right mm-hmm. um it, it could be any it could be georgia you know i mean uh, and you're not going to get todd monk in here but like if you but if you hired somebody that hasn't been a head coach because todd was at southern miss from a power five school and said well he's the guy he we've identified him i mean if you got the right one, you know, no matter who they are, if you, if you hire the right one and they win, that's great. But I think for this time, you go a long way in trying to convince people, no, no, now we got it right this time. You know, we don't know why Jeff didn't work out. We got it right this time. We've got the young guy now that's going to take us to the promised land. I think it's a tough sell. I think you're looking more at a Scott Frost, you know what I'm saying, who had wild success at Central Florida and and for what other re- reasons that makes no sense to me or anybody else, he seemed like the absolute perfect fit at Nebraska. Couldn't win there. Couldn't win there. Makes makes no sense. But he, you know what we know about Scott Frost? He's a name. He won at this level. He won big at this level. And he kind of he basically built UCF into something that's more appetizing than, than USF has been. And he'd started that. Now, look, so, it got him into the Big 12. Yeah, got which got him into the Big Twelve. Absolutely, I mean, look at look at how how much more successful Central Florida has been at hiring head coaches than USF. It's startling in a way, you know. The guy from Tennessee that you know was ranked number one overall until they lost the other day to Georgia Josh a couple Heifel. a week ago. Yeah, he was he was at he was there with the AD at uh, at Central Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Didn't do as well as Frost, by the way but still relevant, relevant enough to get the Tennessee job and turn them around. So their hires have been way more successful than USF's. So it's in, you hear a lot of names, though, man. And, and that's the thing. You know, for that many people and, and some, some named people out there that kind of that you're starting to see pop up, I think there's probably a little bit of truth in all of them. It tells you how sort of like the, the people see the potential in this program that's just so woefully un- underperformed. Well, that's one of the things by making the move early. Right. Is Michael Kelly gets to talk to candidates now. That's right. You don't have to wait. 
Mm-hmm. But the other part of that is is all these names you're hearing, Gruden, Frost, Tom Herman. Go go through the laundry list of names. Yeah, the Indiana coach that's uh, yeah. Allen. Tom Allen. Tom Allen. You know, yeah. is that coming from USF side or is that coming from all these candidates' agent side? I don't know. Hedging bets not just for this job, but as others come open in the next three weeks as the season winds down. Right. This is the one that's open, so obviously right. you want to start here if you're going to be looking for a job. But this is about John Gruden's ready to coach. Tom Herman's ready to coach. You know, Yeah. Scott Frost is ready to go back to coaching. That's right. They're available yeah. now. You know, they can so talk now. Is this, mm-hmm. is this USF or is this the agent's? And, and their well, the agent's not doing his job unless his guy's name's out there, right? Exactly. And I know Bob Lamont very well, and and Bob has had John, you know, mm-hmm. since the beginning. So, you know, but I listen. I I know the people that cover USF for us in college football, Matt Baker and others. No one's calling him. You know what I mean? No one's saying, "Hey, throw my guy's name out there." Not John, anyway. Mm-hmm. Now he could very, you know, very likely those those same people are putting a bug in the boosters' ears. There, there's just so so much like, and I guess this happens every hiring season, and some sometimes a blind squirrel and all that. But like, so many there's been so much discussion about. Oh no, it's his job. It's John Gruden is their guy. Like that, it's his job if he wants it. Well, I, my response to that would be like, why the hell wouldn't he want it? Well, I find that hard to believe. That it's his job if he wants it today. It's kind of the way it's been portrayed by some. I, I agree, and and, and I, I could be wrong, but if you're Michael you Ke- if you're Michael Kelly and you're making a change, yeah, yes, Gruden may be on your short list. I mean, every boss, every hey, you, you every don't need athletic to talk director, about his height, Steve, like well, that. I mean, every I athletic director, every every boss in a business, you have succession plans in your mind. You better. I mean, because, because you don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. Well, Mike Kelly knew for a while that there was a possibility he well, might sure. be hiring himself a new head coach, so he probably should have made a list at the start sure. of the season. But at the same time, as you hire Jeff, as you hire Jeff Scott, your hope was in three to four years he was going to move up to a bigger, better job. I mean, you better had a short list. Yeah, for either years, way, though. you've got to have a, a short list, right. right? You have a short list. Is John Gruden on that list for Michael Kelly? Very possible. But is Michael Kelly going to, a day after he's fired Jeff Scott, already the coach is already determined? Aren't you, don't you want to see what else is out there? Yeah. Wouldn't you want well, to be talking I, to other? Now, there's some boosters that have told Michael Kelly, you hire Gruden, we'll pay for it. That's very possible. Oh, sure. And, and you know, so that may give him a leg up on things. And, and John Gruden may become the coach. I'm not saying he, he won't be. I'm just saying I find it hard to believe that Michael Kelly's got a candidate in mind that it's it's already locked down. I find that hard to believe at this point. Well, it's the old thing. I was covering the University of Florida a thousand years ago, and they 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 fired Galen Hall for some reasons, like you know, I think he paid Jarvis Williams child support or something like that. He was in violation of some NCAA rules, so they fired Galen and a guy named Gary Darnell, who used to be at Notre Dame. Uh, was there a defensive coordinator? He took over as the interim coach, and everybody knew, everybody knew that the target was going to be Steve Spurrier, who was coaching at Duke, right? And that the next head coach, Florida, if Florida wasn't able to get Spurrier, it would be a fail on Florida's part. 
but they still had to have a, a press conference with Gary Darnell as the new, you know, as the interim head coach, right? And it's only five games into a season, and they were they had, at that time. I think they were might have been five and zero, oh, to be honest with you, because I think they just beat LSU on a last second field goal. So they introduced Gary Darnell, and he says, and this applies to the USF a little bit. He says, well. Because we asked him, you know, you can't, you know, do you want to be a candidate for this job? Do you think you have a legitimate chance? He goes, well, they said it's a nationwide search. And last time I checked, I'm in the nation. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like that right now, right? Like if if you're John Gruden, if you're Scott Frost, it's like, well, of course I'm, I'm a candidate because they're going to open the search. It's, It's a nationwide and I'm in the nation. So all those guys, right? And then none of them, we don't know. I mean, we don't know Mike Kelly's. Here's the other thing we don't know. What does a president want? I mean, he is a boss too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's, it's going to be intriguing. I think it's, it's an intriguing job. It's, it's an important time for USF. They got to get it right. Mm-hmm. Michael Kelly has to get this right, or he might not be picking a third head coach. You generally don't get three. Yeah. Not when, not when you're firing them. Unless one of them is very successful and, and, and gets you know moves up, yeah. If, if, you're, if they're they moving go, okay, up to well, a power five, that doesn't count. As yeah, that, and you you know you don't get three unless unless you have success. Mm-hmm. And so this one has to be successful on the field as well as off, but but certainly on. And because um, the, presumably this coach is going to be the one opening the new stadium. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to get this has to be done. You have to have the right coach. That's right. That's right, and he's got to be the one going out, you know, picking up big checks for that stadium, you know. And John has those. T- I mean, listen, I can make it for or against all these guys, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's, but but I will just say this: at this time in USF's history, I think it'll be very difficult, in my opinion, to try to sell me a hot assistant from, you know, Alabama, mm-hmm. Georgia. I don't know, Clemson, like the thing, you you know, they'd be like, well, you had that guy, you know, Mm -hmm. like, why should I believe you now? You know? And of course, all that matters is if you're right, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're right and the guy wins and recruits well and wins, but, but how, you know, you always get what you don't have. And I just think that Mm -hmm. the fan base will be like, they're not going to be patient at all with somebody they don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're going to go, well, this is just like the same guy's the same resume as, as Jeff Scott, and, and, and he's losing in the first year, and, and, and it just doesn't seem any different. You know, they might have more of a tolerance for somebody that at least has got a track record in ball, you know. Um, won a Super Bowl, right? Coached in Tampa, all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's intriguing. And I, like I said, I, got, I have no idea where John's interest is or isn't, but – He's available, and there's a lot of people. You're right. I think the the ones that are available, we're here. You're going to hear those names, and some that, you know, might be leaving their current coaching jobs. Could be, you know, have their agents toss names out there. Well, it's intriguing. I'm sure we'll talk to Matt Baker about what he hears about the USF coaching job this week as well. Hey, I want to remind you guys before we get to talking about the Bucks here in just a second that May Electric Solar. They're out there to help you save money on your energy bill. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. There's a lot of these companies out there, but I want you to know that Billy May, May Electric Solar, they're committed to you for the long term. 
They're the only ones that they guarantee their workmanship for 30 years. Labor and service warranty. Anything goes wrong with your system, they're back up there fixing it. Plus, with every installation, you're going to get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's the main difference. If you visit the Hudson Showroom, May Electric displays all their products and conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. Plus, those guys up there working, the subcontractors, uh, you know who's doing the job. Those are Bill, Billy's guys. Uh, they work for May Electric, so you don't have to worry about that. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, I was out at the Bucks and talked a little bit with Todd Bowles. Of course, they're getting ready for their long trip, uh, as I am, uh, out to uh, Germany. To Munich. I'm leaving on Wednesday afternoon at some point, late Wednesday afternoon. Oh, by the way, it is, and this is true, there's a possible hurricane headed this way. Did I get that right? It's a subtropical storm, Nicole, at this point. All right. Well, this is not going to be Hurricane Ian. Thank gosh. But yeah. it's going to be windy. Kind of messy, some right? Squalls. Rain. Yeah. It's a big, it's, it's a very wide system, not really compact. Yeah, um, and it's just going to bring a lot of wind and some rain, mm-hmm. um, but not hurricane type stuff. Uh, when it's here, it'll probably be a subtropical storm. It might be a tropical storm, but when it hits the east coast, but no mess up the weekend. It's going to kind of follow. By the weekend, through. it should be great. It's going to by be the weekend be great. Thursday, kind of Thursday, uh, Wednesday, late Thursday, yeah. Friday, a little bit, and then it's headed up to South Carolina, which is where I'm connecting. But that aside, um, yeah, hopefully that that doesn't screw things up, but. Yeah, the Bucks are gonna they're gonna take off on Thursday. They'll fly all night Thursday and then land on Friday morning. You lose the the six hours or whatever, and then uh they'll have practice that afternoon. Brady and Bowles will be available on Friday in Germany. Um they're taking over one of the brew houses there, uh, at least the organization is and in their fans. Brady talked a little bit about it um on um his podcast, his Let's Go podcast. He has a chance to win games in a fourth country. <laughs> uh so he'd be the only quarterback to do that, I think. Uh, and you know, it, it's it's an important game. Look, they're playing the they're playing the Seattle Seahawks, who are one of the big surprise stories of the National Football League. Trading Russell Wilson, uh, and you know the the job they've done to be leading, cutting Bobby NFC. Wagner. Yeah, they got rid of Wagner as well. Mm-hmm. I was saying he was just here. Yep. Um, and yeah, the job that they've been doing is great with Pete Carroll and those guys. So. They're a good team, and it's going to take a good effort. Went back. We talked to Todd Bowles a little bit about, you know, on Monday and kind of got an assessment of of where they're at. And, you know, aside from the final two drives, which were both, you know, sort of two-minute drives where they're pushing the ball down the field and, um, you know, kind of ball in, you know, trying to score, take the lead, their only touchdown. And, of course, they didn't get in the first time. And it took a terrific defensive stand. I mean, the defense kind of won that game. You know what else also won that game? Cooper Cup did them a big favor. He he actually made a mistake in in one of these games that I think that he I'm sure he wishes he had back. He he had the jet sweep, and it looked like he could have easily gotten to the sticks and gotten a first down, but he was more concerned about staying in bounds, and so he slid down short of the markers um, to make. The Bucks use another. They're you know they only had two timeouts. Make them use the timeouts and run the clock. And 
in doing so, he left them about two, almost three yards short where I think he could have picked it up. And then, of course, their their play on third down was kind of a give-up run that the Bucks were able to get off the field. Not very aggressive play calling at all, um, you know, that I'm sure that Sean McVay regrets because why do you want to hand the ball back to the GOAT even though – you know, he went 60 yards and, you know, what, 39 seconds or something like that. Scores with nine seconds remaining. But just a bad idea to get Brady one more shot at it. And, But, you know, aside from those two drives, really, when you look at what they didn't do and what, you know, what they attempted to do, it was it was bad ball again. I mean, I didn't see any progress at all. I saw, you know, another team that, you know, another game where they couldn't run the football. They tried. I mean, they still only had 20 attempts, which has been their average, which isn't very much. Um, you know, we saw, I think Rashad White still had a little more success than Leonard Fournette did. And, but it was abysmal. And all the first down runs, I mean, I think they ran like 10 out of 12 times on first down, which is too predictable. They're, the run game itself is like, you know, plotting at best it's it's you know strong right or strong left with the extra tight ends fullback lead you know sort of this 1990s early 2000s run game um that pretty much advertises where you're going and there's so many defensive players now close to the line of scrimmage and, and the idea is well if you don't have an eight-man box or a nine-man box well you know you should run the ball they're playing cover two they're playing two deep safeties yeah they're playing two deep safeties, but then you got like nine guys across the front that are all within five yards of the football because they know what? Tom Brady is is hitting his back foot and getting that ball out in two seconds. And if you do that every single time, those receivers don't have a chance. Every ball is going to be con- contested. They're happy to let you check it down because they're right there to make the tackle. They're not going to allow any yards after catch. And so I've seen more two- and three-yard completions this year than I've ever seen. Um you know, with Tom Brady since he's been here. And there's just, there's no explosiveness in this offense as a result. It's like, well, if we run the ball better, then they have to get out of cover too. It's like, no, they really don't because you're not throwing it down the field. And, you know, but in the two minute with tempo, with Brady kind of calling his own plays, um, with the defense backing up and, and, you know, trying to not allow a big chunk play and try to you know, force you in the middle of the field, or at least that's their job to do it. Um, Brady was successful. But you take away those two drives, and it's a horrific, another horrific performance where every possession ends in a kick and mostly some unbelievable punting, you know, by Jake Camarda, who was going to be the special teams player of, of the week, if not of the month. So I, I don't know that there's a lot short of, whatever confidence and it's a good feeling in the locker room when you win you needed to win because you hadn't won in a month and and so it's going to take that much effort and more to get back to 500 but I don't know that they fixed anything I think the defense did I think the defense got better because they're healthier I think Devin White was certainly more focused and motivated um, and getting Akeem Hicks back was enormous because we saw what it did for Vita Vea able to beat you know some single single teams and have a couple of sacks didn't even hear Carl Nassib's name didn't hear Anthony Nelson's name and playing in, in, in place of Shaq so that's not good um, but when you have Carlton Davis when you have Sean Murphy bunting this week they should get Antoine Winfield Jr. back which is a huge boost then you know this defense 
can hum. They can play well. I mean, they have it in them. They, they've proven that against teams like Dallas and, and New Orleans and so forth. So, you know, you, you feel good about that. But, but as far as scoring points, mm, no. Nah, I really don't think they fixed it. I think Byron Leftwich had pretty much the same game plan he's had all year. And even though maybe his intent was to call, call more runs, at least early in the series, they, didn't, they weren't productive with it. Now, the play action worked, and I'll argue that till the cows come home, that it does not matter whether you can run the ball well or not on play action. I mean, you know, if they hadn't run it worth a damn, and the game, the, you know, the game-winning touchdown came when they sold play action to Leonard Fournette on what would have been the final play of the game with no timeouts. And, you know, do you really think that they're going to run Leonard Fournette? Everybody in, their, in that defense bid on that play action fake. Fake. And there was nobody when, when Otten snuck out into the flat to cover him. So we know it works. But Brady won that game. And he was as good as he's ever been in those situations. And he's had a lot of them, obviously, in Super Bowls and bigger games. And that's why he's able to calm himself uh, in, those, in those situations. But that was, that was Tom Brady that won that game in, in, in tandem with his defense that kept giving him the ball back. Well, yeah, he had to win that game, but particularly when his receivers won't catch the ball. Oh man, uh, and and particularly Mike Evans, rough. He's game. struggling. Yeah, ever since that drop pass against Carolina, which mm-hmm. absolutely set a tone for that game, and I think I think if they hit that that deep shot, that they they get that field back and they and they roll through Carolina, who who mm-hmm. allowed about forty points the other day, which is what you're supposed to do to those guys. And ever since then, he's been fighting his hands, man. And, you know, he's had bouts of that in his career. I remember uh, early on when Dirk Cutter took over as head coach, um, he was fighting his hands and he was having a bad start to the training camp and the season and all that. And Todd Munkin, who's now Georgia, the offensive coordinator, pulled him aside. He gave him a book. And, you know, Mike, Mike is his own worst enemy. Like, Mike's one of these guys that overthinks stuff. And when he's thinking about playing football, he's not playing well. Um, and he just needs to kind of calm down and relax and go back to being Mike Evans, which I think he will, mm-hmm. um, but he has dropped. In fact, the Bucks as a team, and it's not an official stat, so it's, there's a little bit of nuance to it, and you know, it's like kind of who's counting this, but they lead the NFL in drop passes right now, which is not good. And it, primarily, it's him and Godwin, because to be honest with you, look at the snap counts. Like I, I don't remember. I'll have to go back and see and compare this to other years. But I swear to you, they had almost 80 offensive plays the other day. And Chris Godwin and Mike Evans played probably 80% of those snaps. Like, I I don't remember receivers who are running on every play, whether they get the ball or not. They're supposed to be running full speed. And to play that many plays in a row, and it just tells me that, you know what, Tom Brady's really not interested in that many other guys being out there if it's not Godwin and Evans. He trusts who he trusts. Yeah, that is concerning. And and knowing... That they've had injury issues. Yeah. I mean, you know, Evans and Godwin aren't young guys. No, and Mike's nicked up. Mm-hmm. And Julio's not young. And Julio and, can't stay yeah. on the field for a series. But if you're running your top receivers ragged at this point in the season, you know, what do you expect to happen at the end of the year? Well, I think it's going to get worse. I think they're going to wear out and wear down and probably get hurt and, and all those things. I don't. I The one criticism I would have – early on of Bulls, which is different, I think, than Bruce, is that the starters play 
and that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they've not developed a wide receiver three because they thought or were hopeful it would be Julio Jones, and he's been in and out of the lineup. They've tried Perriman a little bit. They've tried Miller a little bit. You, you know, you haven't really seen Darden that much. But for the most part, the starters are their starters. You thought Russell Gage and, might be, but yeah, Gage. And, and again, I mean, he's, you initially he's saw also him been really Julio, nicked up, but yeah, with the hamstring, yeah. Um, and that was yeah, he should have been their third receiver even before they got Julio, but he's been a zero. He's just been a bust, and you know, for now at least. And and I just think that you know they just they they don't play even on defense. They don't play a lot of guys. Um, that aren't starters. Starters well, look at, look at the, the running backs. Way. I mean, Rashad yeah. White's finally getting some time. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn got his first carry of the year Sunday. First carry and ran for five yards. Where has he been? Mm-hmm. You know, I still remember the Philadelphia playoff game when they didn't have they didn't have Leonard Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones. You know, was wasn't around. They went with Keyshawn and Giovanni Bernard, and they ran all over the Eagles. The same Eagles team now that has a lot of the same defensive players then as they do now undefeated in the in the league. So, you know, I don't know. Really, there's not a good answer for it other than I think that, you know, Fournette is just the guy Brady wants out there. Now, there was a report, and I asked, you know, I asked Todd Bowles about it. I just said, I don't know nothing about it. But there was a report by Tracy Wolfson uh, on the on the broadcast with, hello, friends, Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo. And... uh she said after a series that Ronald Jones was in, she said that Leonard Fournette was on the bench and he was upset that he wasn't in the game and that he wasn't playing and playing more. And he was kind of sulking and that the rookie went up to him, you know, white and said, Hey man, you know, hang in there, stay in there. We need you. We're going to need you. They got the rookie trying to pump up the playoff Lenny. I mean, you know, this is where we kind of began the conversation with Lenny two two years ago when how he became playoff Lenny when Jones got COVID and then, you know, tried to play against Washington in the preseason game, hurt his quad, and, and Fournette just took over. Um, and so I don't know really what's going on there, but I can, look at, I can look at the numbers and I can tell you who's productive or who's more productive, and I could say, why aren't you playing him more? And the only answer is because that's not who, they want, who Tom wants to be in the game. But at some point, you know, if Rashad White is running the football better, he needs to be your running back. You know, and and that's true of probably any position other than you know you know what you got in Godwin, you know what you got in Evans. Um, it should have been true immediately of the, you know, the guard position when they were going with Luke Gedicke, and, and and now that they have Nick Leverett and they're playing much better, and that that was that also was a decision that they were a little slow to make. So I don't know, man. It's like. You know, they're going to have to be a little more multiple and, and use a little bit, you know, a little bit more of their roster if they want to get through this 17-game season. But I, I just think that so much of that is sort of controlled by Tom and who he wants on the field. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Speaking of coaching, and this is unbelievable to me. It really is. The Colts fire their head coach, Frank Reich, which, okay, fine. You want to do that? All right. I'll listen to you. He hadn't had success. I think there's a lot of reasons for it. They decided to go with the rookie quarterback and just take Matt Ryan off the field for the rest of the year. And I am as stunned as anybody that Matt Ryan wasn't the perfect fit for the Colts. I thought for sure he would be. Turns out their offensive line isn't that good. There's no receivers really to throw through outside of Michael Pittman. And it just wasn't going well. But they made the move and said they were doing it for the rest of the year, not knowing if the guy they were putting in could play at all. And he hasn't played very well. And so now Frank is fired. And, you know, they got guys like, let's just look at their staff. Like Reggie Wayne is on their staff, right? He, he, he's one of the best Colts players of all time. Probably should be in the, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, and he's there on this staff. And so you fire Frank and you need an interim coach. Do they go to somebody on the staff like a Reggie Wayne, former player? Lots of ties with the Colts, obviously. Uh, no, they don't. They hired Jeff Saturday of ESPN fame, the former center for Peyton Manning, who has never coached at the college or the NFL level, and there's no one remaining on the staff who has ever called a single play on offense. That's so bizarre to me. That, that I mean, such a weird hiring. And, you know, Jim Mercer spent a long time at his news conference the other night trying to defend it. Are we tanking for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I think so. I think so. Look, when Peyton Manning got hurt, they had no problem telling you that Andrew Luck was their target, and they they tanked for, for Andrew Luck. But I don't know. You know, the, the other thing about it is it's like it, there's a sense that maybe Saturday is not here just to finish out the year. You know, he had been a, a consultant, that kind of thing. Um, I can't imagine he would take that job if it's just filling out the year. Right. Like, why would you? Yeah. I mean, why would you leave ESPN just to do that for yeah, eight more games when you're three, five, no, and one? You don't need, you don't need, yeah, you don't need eight or nine games just to play head coach for the first time, you know, with no one on the staff that you really know or trust or no ability to bring in people that are your guys. But the mere fact that he's never coached before, it, it's just, and this is, listen, I know it's an interim situation, and apparently they can get around the Rooney, room for, uh, Rooney rule because it doesn't apply to interim head coaching jobs. But this is what makes people crazy about this, okay, and about how some of the good old boys network is alive and well, is that you've got a guy who's into coaching, right, who is a great former player like Saturday who's a coach right now on your staff, and you overlook him in Reggie Wayne and go to a Jeff Saturday. And you may think that Saturday is just going to be a great discovery. But at one point, Ursay compared him to like Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians was coaching for 40 years. You know, by the time you you made him take, uh, take over, by the time he took over Chuck Pagano when Chuck got sick, there's no, there's no equivalency at all in, in those two. Although, so, if I'm the other guys, I may not want this job. Well, but I mean, in a, if it's just for the interim basis, if, if I don't believe that Jim Ursay is going to hire me permanently, do I think this I can turn this team around based on what's on the roster, based on Jonathan Taylor's hurt? Well, maybe not, but it's an opportunity to to be a head coach to get your name out there and and 
you know, Todd Bowles was an interim head coach with the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins and won a couple games, and I think that helped him eventually land the job with the New York Jets. It's not for everybody. No, it's well, to answer your question. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna make it better overnight. You're not gonna like. You may not even be a candidate for the job after this. But Jeff Saturday, I, I'm I'm shocked at who they hired. But I'm just saying that some interim jobs sometimes you don't want great. you don't want that job. It no, doesn't, most it doesn't of the time help it your. It doesn't some... always help your. Sometimes it can. Most of the time, it goes to some guy on the staff, right? Yeah, usually, I mean, that's usually how it works. But it's possible the guys on the staff said, "Nah." I guess but I, I don't. Man. I mean, I don't. Although Ursay's kind of unpredictable as an owner, so I mean, Jeff has been a consultant, so he's kind mm-hmm. of been around there. And like I was listening to Dan Orlovsky, who said, "You know, oh, it all makes sense now." The questions I was getting from Jeff Saturday for the last couple of weeks, like it all makes sense. So he's kind of had an inkling that this this was going to be if not an opportunity, something that he might actually do. So, Yeah, this didn't just so, happen after Sunday's game. Right, right. It's just so bizarre to me. It just Like, I don't even know how you'd have the first meeting other than, oh, hey, Reg, what's going on, buddy? You know, like, you know anybody on this staff? Like, and, and here's the thing. Like, those guys, they're not working hard on game plans now. They're they're trying to get their their resume together because they're looking for their next job. They know they're all gone as well, so it's not like your game plans are going to get better all of a sudden. You know, you probably should have brought in an offense coordinator too if you were going to go that route. So just a just a bizarre thing, man, to see a guy go from NFL Live to you know or wherever he was on, you know, to coaching the the Indianapolis Colts, but. That's the way they're going to do it. So we'll see what luck he has the rest of the way. All right, so I'm going to be off to Germany here pretty soon, but we still got time this week for your mailbag questions. I've already gotten a few. Turns out there's a lot of interest in the Bucks these days. Who knew? Uh, but USF, too. Anything you got you want to bring to the table, lightning, rays, you name it, we're here for you. You can do that by giving them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. Reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Remember to support the folks at May Electric. Um, they're going to save you money on your energy bill. Billy May does a fantastic job, and he goes all over the state. If you're worried about, well, I don't, you know, I listen to this podcast in Orlando or I'm on the East Coast, they'll take care of you. Trust me. Just give them a call. They've been in business for 12 years. 30-year labor and service warranty. $750 service protection is all yours. He uses his own contractors. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. Thanks for listening. We'll find out what happens with USF coaching here. Maybe uh, in the short term, we'll see. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.